0: Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Q&A sessions, where David and Brent answer questions from the audience and also any questions from our social media followers. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode.
1: Hello, it's Tuesday. What do you know? It's uh, with Tuesday comes another Q and A. So we, we're back with um, another round with myself and David, and um, with uh, an ever-growing list of questions to answer. So let's get David in here so we can start getting busy.
2: Hello, David. Hey, Brent. Today's introduction was pretty straight to the point.
1: Yeah, sometimes I go a little off the track. Sometimes I go right <laughs> to the point. You never know what Brent you're going to get. Tonight is the kind of straight to the point, Brent. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> it, it, there's a little bit of grumpy Brent uh, uh, in it, just slightly <laughs> in, in the voice. And oh, you think I- so? Yeah, it's a mix of grumpy Brent and efficient Brent and uh. straight to the point
1: Brent. It's funny that Brent, efficient Brent, is somehow closely associated with with grumpy Brent. I wonder what that's all about. I don't know.
2: Mm. I, I think that's the pitch of your voice that kind of
1: determines. Yeah, that's if interesting. If you're closer yeah. to grumpy Brent, M- many people, most people, have never heard the real grumpy Brent. But because we had those early mornings, it was a like you and and Scott and Marietta. They were you guys were all subjected to the grumpy Brent. One day we'll one we'll day, do the okay. grumpy, veil, grumpy, yeah.
2: Grumpy Brent review or something. We'll, like we'll
1: that. let him out of the cage and see what happens. Um, welcome, chat. Thanks for showing up to another Q and A session. Um, let's uh, let's get this party started. Um, we, I guess we'll start with some in the backlog until people warm up and start throwing some uh, some questions in chat. The one that uh, Scott wanted us to jump on right away was something that he sort of advertised because it's a that's something we get a lot uh, a lot of questions on. And that is, hold on a second, I got to make this. Roll little. drum. Yeah, hold on a second. Get it better, get it better like this. And then I'll do this. Getting fancy today. Let's see if I can make it better. There. That way I can kind of include the the person's name. Um, so tips for first grad animators. Um, so I guess like just out of school, what uh, what next? What's the, What's the first thing that they should be spending their energy doing probably?
2: Hmm. It's interesting. Th- this one could go in so many directions. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, the reasons it, why it's uh, uh, this stuff is, you know, not all grads are made equal. No. Uh, there is a big difference if you're out of a four-year program at the yeah. Goblin and you participated to a short film that is, you know, Oscar-nominated, exactly. or if closer to <clears throat> my own story that you went to a less- a uh, uh, good school for like a year and you basically just learn how to use Maya and, yeah. and that's it. So your starting point is mm, way <laughs> a little different. Yeah, is a little uh, uh, a little different. Um, I think maybe and, and I'm sure that we're going to do some back and forth on uh, on this one. But the first thing I have to that is coming to mind um, is maybe to try to figure out where you hope to land. Uh, Mm. in the industry Um, if you aspire to work on Mm. video game you're open to the rest but you would really like to 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 work in video game then maybe starting to learn unreal Mm. uh, would be a good idea because then you can animate integrate in unreal have a little piece of this in, in your demo by the way technical animators are almost impossible to find on the market these days it's a uh, it, it's pretty uh, insane. So as you're working on different, you know, classic locomotion uh, that you have uh, uh, in game, uh, you also learn Unreal and you show that you're able to animate, integrate, and manipulate your own animation in uh, Unreal. I, I mean, spending just a few weeks on, on that would be would bring huge value to your showreel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking to you would aspire to work on short film or animated feature, then I would probably advise to continue to work on different acting pieces, uh, you know, long shot, mainly with body animation, facial close-up, a lot of different, very short, but different animation that would show different skills that you're uh, developing. VFX, uh, it might not be a bad idea to learn about creature animation and uh, a bit of motion capture. Uh, as well so you know you, you're going to get out of school you're not going to be hired the the next day you're going either to have a job just to pay the bill and, and continue to work on your showreel or just be be home uh, and and work full-time to continue to work on your show, showreel. The idea is because your showreel is by and large what is going to get you into the industry So the idea is what do you put in that showreel to give you more yeah. chances to be hired? To me, that would be that would depend of where you hope to land in the industry for your for your first job.
1: I got three main points that kind of fit tidily up, um, kind of uh, next to yours. Um, And there's a lot of overlap here, obviously. But but basically, the one thing you should do when you're graduating, like up until like the point, do I have chocolate all my lips? No, I'm good. I was eating chocolate before, so it wouldn't have been a big surprise. you want to make sure that you climatize yourself to the um, to being in the industry with a couple thoughts. One of those thoughts, for sure, should be the very, very, very real awareness that your learning has not stopped. Hmm. This is one of the things that you need to get through your head right away. It will remove the tendency to develop some sort of sense of entitlement that you may have developed at, at the school. Perhaps maybe you were a hot shot at the school, but now you're jumping out of that school and you're in a job market that's mixed with people from all kinds of different schools. And so you need to stay, remain humble and remember that your your real your real learning has will begin will will begin at the first job. And um, we're all still learning. And um, I think people that have been doing this for a lot longer than me are still learning. And I think that to admit that openly is an important part of, of, of climatizing yourself to the, the your new reality. It'll also keep you hungry to keep learning, which is something that you should be doing second one of graduating. Because if you don't get that job from that first demo reel that you made at school right away, at least you can t- continue to improve. And I think that that's something that you're going to want to be able to show as you are updating your reel often and sending it out there to make sure. I mean, I sound like a broken record. We talk about how Manny had that epiphany idea that like, you know, what he did when he was, um, you know, hoofing the, 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 the pavement looking for work. He was developing a rapport and a relationship with these recruiters by not pestering them all the time but to instead just send them updates every once in a while like hey just what i'm working on now just so you know keep you know don't you know keep me in mind moving and then just that's it no 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 pressure tactics no guilt trips just simply an update so those updates are going to mean a lot more if they're actually show you getting better you know like that for sure the other thing you want to do and i think Petter just actually mentioned this in chat you should really spend some time looking at what the competition looks like you need to know, like what David's saying and not like all graduates are not made equal and you need to understand how to try to figure out where you are in that spectrum, because to know where you are is going to give you an idea as to where you could or should apply. It's also going to give you an idea as to what you might need to be working on right away to get to get better in an area that makes you in a, in a more, you know, better, a sweeter spot for 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 getting a job so you could do that lots of different ways one of the ways is just to check school websites and school um school youtube channels and stuff like this look for demo reels that are going, you know putting out there a lot of these schools do this so you can go just sniff around the competition look in your local area obviously if you're looking locally or maybe look you know not in your local area if you're looking to move away but make sure that you're looking at a local sort of group of of um, of students so that you can get in and get an idea as to where you sit amongst them and then just start working towards you know making sure you're at the top of that pile the last thing I Would say is um, um, something that I forgot. It was. um,
2: (laughs) Well, uh, maybe to your previous point when you mentioned that, you know, uh, work uh, um, on your showreel and update it. And back to our conversation with Manny, you can send your showreel. Often to the same recruiters, as long as there's nothing new in this, uh, yeah, uh, in this showreel. I would say the other thing is don't just update your showreel, post your work. You have a new shot, a new yeah. animation that you're happy with, yeah, yeah, put it on Instagram, put it on Absolutely. Facebook, put it on LinkedIn. The, the amount of recruiters now that are just literally scrolling down their yep. LinkedIn. To see if they're going to find totally. a gem of an animation. Let's assume that you've created something that is original and it goes, you know, quote unquote, viral because yep. you have a hundred of people that like them. Well, maybe one of those people who like them is a senior animator at a yep. studio, and exactly. because of it, the recruiter is actually going to see it in their <clears throat> exactly. own feed because their own connection is just, and that that's part of exposing your your, yep. your work and working on your branding exactly uh, on the exposure. So just share. Um, and you know, if, and on top of that, maybe you can have feedback that, uh, yeah, on, totally. on your work that's going to be valuable, uh, as well. So don't be precious with the, the, the work. I mean, totally. don't, don't, you know, be, be proud of what we are going to, to, to share, but at, at the point that yeah. you're like, you know what, it's good enough to go in my show reel. Well, post it as a separate piece of work in all the platform that you can mm. because more and more you know if we go super old school that you would put your your reel on a uh, on a tape and send it to to studio and then eventually on on disc and then eventually on video and so on we're going more and more towards mm. recruiters or just going on yep. all those platforms totally. instagram linkedin and all that and even tiktok and just scrolling down and we're going to find a gem. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Let's contact him or her and see if they're interested to work with us.
1: It changed the dynamic of that relationship, too, because now you're not the one asking for a job. You just put your work out there, working on your brand. You're, you're focused on your brand and they will come to you. How cool would it be if they came knocking on your door for that first job? Because you weren't really focused on that. You were focused on your work. You were focusing on getting better and putting yourself out there. And let me tell you a little tip too. I see a lot of people that are too worried to put their stuff out there. They're too worried to put the, you know, put the real, cause they're, they're being perfectionists. Uh, let me tell you something, a little, a little tip, like David said, don't be too precious, put yourself out there and not just, don't just put it out there. Like ask for the feedback. Like, what are you scared of? That you're going to get some feedback that's going to make it better? Or are you you worried that someone's going to say something you don't agree with? Okay. Like, why? Those are not good reasons to not put your work out there because I'm telling you, you're gonna get better. If you're that new, there's nothing to be embarrassed by. Here's the thing, Here, let's put it this way. If you put your work out there and um, it gets completely trashed by a bunch of people, which is probably not gonna happen. People are pretty nice in this this market. There might be a couple a-holes are gonna say some crappy things. But I think in, in, in total, you're gonna find a lot of people that are gonna be super supportive because you've been there before, right? And, or they've been there before and they're gonna help you out. And that's great, and you're gonna get better. But here's the thing, what do you, If you if, if your work isn't all that great yet, and I, I I really stress the word yet um because that's 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 a choice that you have. You continue working on it. It will be a past tense thing. Um, if what like that if like if what do you what do you like would you hiding it so that like because if you get a job, and the, your work is not good enough. That's not a good time for people to realize that you have a lot of work to do. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. just put yourself out there. It's gonna help you even figure out where you are in in that sort of spectrum, just by getting the feedback and sort of seeing kind of how what kind of comments you're getting. If you get a lot of people who are like, "Holy crap, this is amazing! Go get a job. What are you doing?" It's gonna encourage you. You're gonna feel like you're. Gonna, it's gonna build your confidence, and you're gonna you're gonna be able to move towards the uh, you know getting it out there. And I remember the one thing, I, the third thing I was gonna say is, and I think David already kind of covered this. So I'll say this quite briefly it's start spending time learning truly understanding the job a lot of schools are not teaching you the jobs they're teaching you how to animate but they're not teaching you in my opinion enough about the job some schools are doing better than others at this and um and i what i mean by that is a good example of people that try to get a game job and they have like quite literally no idea what it means to be a game animator and i know that that i know that's true because they they've never opened up a game engine before and like, I'm like, what, where did you say you went to school? Like, this is, this is not really a great position to be in. You want to be able to show that you've done your homework. Um, and it's going to definitely show in an interview, if you get one, that you have, you know, that you understand the job as opposed to just sort of like, I like to animate, you know, and I like games. That's not where you, where you want to be. You want to understand what people are generally doing for the you know majority of their days. What's the bread and butter? What is the sort of staple thing that they're doing on a day in and day out? learn it understand it and then be able, you know, be able to talk to those points in an interview
2: I remember something I did I when I uh, moved from the animated feature industry to the game industry I uh, I must have spent six months because I signed that contract way out of time for six months to consume at least while I was animating. I had YouTube uh, uh, on the side, often when I was polishing, you know, (laughs) half of your mind is polishing your shot and the other half is just daydreaming and you're like, okay, I'm going to fill this with. I I was listening one to two hours, at least uh, uh, a day of YouTube video just about video game uh development oh yeah about about just Martin. so i could yeah at least have a mm. constructive uh um conversation or at the very least know the voc- vocabulary yeah that oh okay so one when, when i'm talking about this concept that's the proper way of describing yeah. it oh when they're talking about this this is actually what they are ref- exactly. referring to so Good to idea. your point of learn you know the the To be a professional, yes, work on your animation. But get to, you know, if you've heard about uh, Shotgun for tracking production, just get curious and download it and get familiar with it. Sync sketch to review animation. Just get to know what are the tools around animation that are used. And so because when you're going to be in interview, and you'll have the proper vocabulary. You can have this conversation. Did you ever heard about Shadowgun? Oh yeah, I actually uh, tried it myself because I knew that it was you know standard in mm-hmm. the industry. Bonus point for all yep. of those answers Totally uh, yep. there.
1: Um, it's a good point because most yeah. people are not, they're just not thinking like that. And it can change the rules of the game if you do that. Because there's a difference between the craft and the job right? And I, I think schools try to prepare for the craft, not so much the job. And uh, that might be something that you might need to fill in the holes. Otherwise, you're going to end up being totally like, like, really at a disadvantage on the first day of work, um, or and or your interview where you just feel like you have you just you realize, holy crap, I really know nothing about this job. Why am I applying for this job? I don't even know anything about it. But yeah, it's not a good time to be aware of suddenly aware of how much you don't know about the job you've applied for.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. When you're uh, uh, out of school and you're looking for a job, you, you're in competition with you know, so many other people that, that are out of school uh, as well. But, so all those little things that's going to give you an edge on the competition are, are worth it. Um, if we're coming back to working on, on, on new shots for your showreel, um, I would definitely advise to try as much as possible to do short Animation. You don't want to spend three months on one uh, shot that will end up not being great. Uh, short and original. Uh, I remember it was uh, 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 Jeet, uh, one of Jacob's good, good friends, he was at uh, Riot Games. And he did those this little series of walk cycle. And it starts with, oh, that's a normal walk cycle. That's a double bounce walk cycle. But the more it goes, and you see that dolls are done very rapidly, and it's just a loop, right? So you can do very rapidly. Yeah. But at some point, it's this biped character is just moving like like a snail. Then it's super <laughs> rigid and just like a block goes into yeah. The, uh, yeah. So and it's all those crazy idea, and the the funnest idea must have taken like twelve minutes to animate. Yeah, it's funny. But but I still remember those eight yep. years after uh, I saw it. So yeah. this this series of animations that you might have animated over <laughs> just a couple of days are memorable. You yep. remember them. So totally. try to have an original idea that's yeah. going to be me- memorable. Uh, to, uh, try to do proper execution to show that you're also a good animator, not just someone that is creative and original, and that's going to to, to pay off big yeah, that's... big time.
1: A great idea, like just turn an idea upside down and make it really fresh because the people who are like looking at these reels all the time, they're kind of they kind of get old, the same stuff all the time. So you could actually have fun with that, which is what they clearly did is they took something as as monotonous as a a walk cycle and and just sort of tricked you into thinking, oh, no, not another walk cycle. Wait, what's this? What? Wait, what? And it just kind of gets crazier and crazier. I mean, people would like really enjoy something like that for sure, especially people looking at a demo reel. Yeah. Like know your audience. Right. And I think that's a good, that's, that, that's what that person did. They figured it out. They're like, you know, walk cycles might be kryptonite, but if I were to do this to the walk cycle thing, then maybe suddenly it would get a good laugh and people are going to remember me. And it, obviously it worked.
2: Yeah, Totally worked. Yeah. Um, I would say also it might not be a bad idea just to have a your daily routine of looking all the website on LinkedIn. There are so many job opportunities. Uh, uh, you, you can just scan through all of the uh, job offering. There's Creative Ads. That is another website that provides the same thing. Uh, Datascope Recruitment. Just just Google it, but you'll find that there's so many forums and different lists of. Uh, job offering and you know one thing might lead to another you might send your showreel to a recruiter that say you know what we already filled that the position but this might actually be really good to my other friend recruiter that is at <laughs> this other studio totally one thing is leading to another and you Absolutely. have a job opportunity so yep be, be proactive by by the work that you're going to expose and to look <laughs> for all the job opportunity that there's uh,
1: out there i agree I'm going to throw a question up here from Petar. I always, I, I suck at your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you did challenge me the other day to try to challenge your pronounce, pronounce your last name. I'm going to try it right now. It's Pachensky, Ch- Pachensky, Pachensky. Well, tell me how I did. But this is his question. He's always got a good one. So I'm going to put this one up. What advice would you give to someone? Definitely not me. <laughs> he's asking for a friend, obviously, who feels like they're spreading themselves too thin because everything is just so damn interesting. I'm paraphrasing a little bit because it's such a good question. And you want to learn everything. At what point does this become a negative thing? I like this question because I am guilty of falling <laughs> okay. into this category. Can you relate, Brent? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. This question is just such a doozy because I struggle with this all of the time. Um I have way too many interests. I wish I knew how to do everything, like quite literally. I wish I could drive every single vehicle and tractor and like like anything that moves. I want to be able to know how to do it. I want to know how to make everything like from scratch if I could build it, I want to know how to make it. It's a it's a bit of a problem. And I do agree, I do struggle. Like I I find myself some nights if I if I actually have a bit of spare time, which is very seldom, I will ask I I don't even know what to what to even pick. I literally am paralyzed with indecision because I'm just like, I don't know which one to do. Like I could, I'm interested in all of them. Can I learn all of them right now in this hour that I have? Um, What I usually do is I actually, I started doing this and it works pretty well. I actually, I I give myself, I schedule time at nights when I know I'm going to have a little bit of time. And I schedule time for different types of things, basically. So I kind of give myself at least a theme. Because if I give myself a theme, like you're allowed to learn spend some time doing some software learning. You know, I've been wanting to get better at uh, DaVinci Resolve, for instance, and Houdini. Those are the two on the top of my list. And I'm like, I, I dedicate Tuesday evenings, let's say, to that. It I may still have a hard time picking between the two things, but it's a hell of a lot easier than picking from all of the things, which is vast. You know what I mean? Like I like how do you even start? So that's my trick. It works a lot better than not doing it at all. That's for sure, but it's still not perfect. Um if you figure out a better way then please please tell me immediately because I I need to know how to fix that problem and when people that are curious like us a lot of us are like this right a lot of animators I think are are interested in this I often say that animators are just like detail detail oriented nerds that just love to learn about the different things and how things move and interrelationships it's sort of it makes sense so we would you know typically when we want to learn about a lot of different things so I'm sure we're not the only ones better
2: I would say if uh, and definitely not you, Peter. But whoever friend you're asking yes, I this mean, question yes, exactly. for, uh, oh, it, it means that this person is probably very motivated and curious in general, yeah. which are you know great uh, in uh, uh, skills. That it, it's very hard for someone that does not possess those quality to push them to. So it, it's. Uh, I would always much rather to. You know, try to press on the brake once in a while, yeah. than trying to push someone that yes. just doesn't have this drive and, and motivation. Yeah. So that <laughs> it, it, it's great to have this motivation. Um, I think it, it mainly comes down to to discipline. At some point, if yeah. you absolutely need to take a day or an hour, whatever it is, list all of those things that you want to do, put them in order of priority and literally like, oh, I really want to do those four things. No, what is number one? What is number two? What is number three? And if you absolutely cannot decipher between number one, number two, well, you know, just go random. You're going to end up doing those two things anyway, but just put them in (laughs) order and try to Complete something in yeah. each of those. So, if number one is okay, I really want to learn Blender at least just to be able to compare it to Maya and see yeah. what I do. Give kind of, yourself a okay. goal. Well, that that's a goal, and until you're done with this, don't don't take a three months goal, like a few hours <laughs> or a few days, or yeah. you know, be reasonable. Yeah. Um, but uh, but complete this. And then move on to the next one into the next one. The, the thing you don't want to end up doing is just do being super shallow, like, like a bee, a little bit on this flower, and a little bit there, and there and there. And then three years after you <laughs> you kind of did a lot of things, but you didn't accomplish uh, yeah. uh, anything. So just just <laughs> the discipline of okay. I, I lost my initial drive and motivation to do it. I'm not excited anymore, but I'm sixty percent there. I'm going yeah. to complete the next forty percent. I'm going to complete this goal and then I'm going to move on to the uh, to to the next yeah. thing that that's kind of the the boring part a little bit because you need to be your own manager. Yeah, but if you don't, uh, no one's going to do it for you. Yeah, so uh, yeah, self-discipline. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm with David it's it's like it is it is actually a, an asset but you do need to learn how to leverage it Um, because to give you a little bit more insight of my problem, and this is probably like, this is why I had to do a, a theme night because I couldn't just pick the one thing, like the very top of one singular list. Cause what started happening is I started learning things that I needed to learn peripheral things in order to really fully understand. A good example is I started getting into Arduino about a year ago and then, and I've always wanted to get into electronics. And so I was learning a lot about electronics and then it's, but at some point with the electronic stuff, you will get to the point where you have to do a little bit of math and it's math. that's not difficult math. It's, algebra but it's stuff that's many years ago like I took algebra all the way through t- like till the end until calculus at high school but then I then I haven't looked at cal- calculus textbook since so it's very old and rusty in my brain um and so so suddenly I find myself not knowing how to do the math and then that kind of screws me because I'm just like oh that means I should go back and start brushing up on my algebra which is fun but now it's like okay add another thing to my li- list of things I need to do and it starts to get a little bit muddled so I do agree with David too like the idea of giving yourself an actual goal. Like give yourself a project that you need to complete. And if it if you need if you do need to learn multiple things, then that's fine. But make sure that you learn them to a certain point that you need to and then do the other thing until you you know, you know, until until you actually get enough information that you know how to execute on the goal. Cause otherwise it'll just turn into a rabbit hole that you're just going to keep going crawling down forever and ever. Not that I mean this is not me either. This is totally a friend of mine that does this all the time. That I'm just speaking he you know, this he and I spoke a lot about this and he you know I'm very I'm very aware of the the struggles that he's going through i just i said it was me to make you feel better but it's not really me just like it's not you um yeah no of course not so hopefully that helps a little bit but it's 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 a good it's a good problem to have Yeah, i know our friends man we just you know they just need a hug they'll be okay um i have another question here coming up in chat i'm gonna throw it up right here by zach lar how do you achieve a memorable performance um an acting shot, or what are things you look for in great performance shots in demo reels?
2: Yeah. Um, memorable here is really in the mm-hmm. sense of people will remember it. Yeah. Uh, not a grand thing that it's memorable, that it's going to be, uh, you know, um, award winning material. But to, to me, how do you create something that people will remember? You have to. Uh, generate emotion out of Mm. people and and what are the two main emotion Um, it could be humor make them laugh or it can be either sad or emotional i mean Mm. not to the point of making them cry but you know to the point that they're going to be touched by it and it'll be like wow that that was that was something. So humor or drama, I would say, is probably the due easiest way to generate uh, uh, create emotion in your uh, audience. Um, so then the question become: Okay, well, what is what is funny? Um, and it, it's not. It, this could be a masterclass on uh, on its own. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure that on Masterclass.com, uh, there's some stand up comic that have there a few is, hours think, yeah. of. I think that's Steve Martin uh, uh, as one. There might uh, m- might be others, uh, but you know, uh, there's many things like contrast. For for instance, you you, uh, you take a line, a famous line, and you take it completely out of context uh, in a way, and you kind of create contrast between what is being said and what is actually being performed, or what or what is the setting around yeah. this. Uh, so you know you have a very cute line from a kid or whatever, but it's actually a serial cr- killer with a dead corpse on the side that is actually <laughs> delivering the line. It kind of take by by surprise, and, and the contrast um, there is going to create uh, humor. So so yeah, c- create this little moment that's going to uh, to touch your audience, and I think that's e- e- <clears>
0: the.
2: <throat> I don't want to say easiest way because it, it's it's not easy, but nope. that's the that's the shortcut to create something that is memorable. Make yeah. them cry, make them laugh, and figure out how to do that.
1: Word of caution, um, I think is it needs it needs to be added here in the sense that be careful that because this is not easy, right? This is like, this is sort of say, like saying, Hey, how do you make a viral video on the internet? I mean, shit, <laughs> if everybody knew that, then like everyone would be walking around with millions of views on their videos. It's not that easy. Um, it's people have have spent countless number of hours. There are many books and many, um, even training series, uh, of people trying to tell you that they know they've cracked the code. Um, and you know they they haven't they they really haven't they 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 they're interestingly they're probably leveraging one of the key things that that will pique your interest is that they know that it is elusive and they know that it's pretty exciting to to sort of uh, to say they've got it all figured out because it's like well geez like where do I where do I pay well I'm glad you asked pay just this much and you can have, have you know have this course you know there's a lot of that kind of stuff out there and if there, there wouldn't be if there wasn't a market of people that really wanted to know um, and mm-hmm. trust me. There are some big billion-dollar companies like Google and Facebook um, that make a lot of money on the internet, and I don't think they even know. And they, they're they the ones that hold the algorithms. And, like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? So, anyways, what I'm trying to say is – Come try to come up with the original idea, like David said. Come up, try to figure out like we, the, the the conversation he said about the, the person doing a, a walk cycle and changing it to like absurd levels just for fun. Um, that's a good example. Um, have you know another it's just turning things on its head. I remember a really cool short film um, done by Nick Park, you know, Ardman Entertainment. Um, I think it was called Creature Comforts. And what he did is he actually went and interviewed a bunch of people in a retirement home and used that that audio as as the the dialogue for these animals that are being interviewed in a zoo. And it's kind of interesting because of course, the juxtaposition. David used the word contrast. I'm using juxtaposition because juxtaposition is sort of like the, it's contrast in a dramatic effect, right? It's like saying that these two things are so totally not meant to go together, but when you do, it's like peanut butter and chocolate. It's magic. You got to you got to sort of find a way of of doing something that maybe someone hasn't really thought of before. And rather than coming up with that one singular idea, you could maybe combine two unlikely ideas together and you might come up with something that's interesting. Will it be a gigantic viral success? Maybe. Um, um, if if you do make a lot of money off, off of, of a video based on this advice, I do expect kickbacks. Just just FYI. But basically. <laughs> you know, it, the, the, the most that you could probably hope for is someone at least remembering yours and having it stand out. And I, and that's a lot easier to do than making something truly viral because, um, most people aren't thinking to do this. Most people are just phoning the stuff in. They just, they take a look at other demo reels. They're just emulating what they've seen and they just rinse and repeat. They're not actually taking what could just be at least a night of brainstorming to come up with something a little bit more novel. Just what I'm trying to say is don't try to, don't, don't let yourself get paralyzed trying to come up with the perfect idea and then never actually doing it because then you know what like an okay idea is better than a non-existent uh, sort of product so just try not to get trapped like so many of us so so many of us like my friend and pedar's friend don't get trapped by those like that because these people are sad souls don't don't become them okay cautionary tale um let's um j- let's pull one out from the um the archives let me just grab Ooh. one
2: here because we have plenty in the chat so yeah i know i know i just i'm
1: I'm trying to always mix it up a little bit i'll come back to chat don't worry chat okay here we go how many seconds or frames should a good animator animate in a day that's a good one it's a
2: good question Mm -hmm. um the boring answer is obviously it depends on the <laughs> quality that, yeah. that that you're trying to, to reach, which is as a direct correlation with the budget. Um, I would say for animated feature, us- usually it's anywhere between 3 and 5 seconds a week per animator. So that would come to anywhere between half a second and a second uh, a day since the, the question is per day. The lowest quota that I've ever heard is on Spider-Verse. And I've heard of quota of one seconds. Wow. Really? One animation. Yeah. Whew. One second a week. And this is how low that they, they, they went uh, from the, uh, this feature. Most feature are five seconds a week. Some uh, 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 many are, are four. some of five. I've that information, seen...
1: by the way, should be mandatory reading for all producers and creative directors that want the, 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 this is Spider-Verse look, but they yeah. but they don't have the budget for it because like, they need to know. Because that stuff, it looks awesome for a reason. It does take time. Sorry yeah. for cutting in.
2: No, it's... And so and for movies, uh, I've seen up to 12 seconds a, a week. But that 12 seconds a week, you're starting to get closer to TV series <laughs> yeah. or Netflix series. 15 seconds a week might be the average for those. For TV series, I've heard up to uh, 30 seconds a week. But at this point, it's usually talking heads, two characters who have a big library of, of poses and, and motion that you can uh, reuse. And those are usually quota that you get more towards the end of uh, uh, production. So yes, yeah, super, super high quality, one, two seconds a week. Three, four seconds a week is average animated feature, high uh, quality. Five might be the maximum. Eight, you start to be a little bit lower. Ten and plus your TV, uh, good TV quality. Fifteen might be the average, and thirty seconds a week is the maximum for TV series. That, that's kind of roughly yeah. what would be expected of the. And obviously, mm. senior and junior might not be on the uh, have the same expectation in terms of, of quota. But usually, that's the uh, that's the average in the industry, at least for animated feature. And I say animated feature because it's when we're talking about keyframe animation. Uh, it's easier to calculate than, let's say, gameplay animation, where you might have endless loop of iteration in between what you're trying to uh, uh, the animation that you're doing. You put it in the engine, try it out. It's very difficult to uh, to calculate. Now, if we're talking about motion capture, let's say with um, uh, cinematics, if you have good data, uh, motion capture, uh, at ADOS uh, back in the days, we could go up to 30 seconds a week per animator for good quality. But at that point, you're basically, we had data for the face and the, uh, the, the body. So you're basically enhancing facial animation, adjusting the eye contact, hand poses, contact with props and, and all that, maybe sliding feet, maybe adjusting a pose here and there. Um, animating props or any small thing that you need to to keyframe. And then it could be 30 seconds and more uh, a week if you have good uh, mocap data. Um, yeah, uh, I would say that's roughly the spectrum that uh, I've experienced.
1: The one thing that didn't come up in this was, of course, gameplay animation. And this is something that is kind of difficult, to be honest, I've been doing this job for a long time and it, it really depends on A, the actual game, and what the what the needs are. B, are you dealing with mocap as a base, or are you keyframing from scratch? Um, are there stylistic uh, considerations that need to be made, in um, that would require a careful amount of of animating, and uh, sort of meticulousness of of you know controlling the keys? Um, like it it really depends, and it's it's also hard because there it's such an iterative thing. It'd be kind of hard to expect. Why would I expect an animator to have a certain quota when they are not in control at all of changes to the design, changes to um, the priority? Like it's just it's a it's just crazy. So, I mean, I kind of use my gut instincts on this. And one of the th- one of the, my barometers is that a decent decently skilled animator should be able to put a put out a good cycle, like a good solid key cycle from scratch, a keyframed game cycle usually if you can do it in a day that's like that's a pretty that's pretty good um and that's assuming that you you know you roughed it out and you you know spent some time playing it within the engine and then you, you end up with something that actually works pretty well um, it's not to say that it won't change because the designers decide to change the game speed. Not that that ever happens. In the middle of production 500 times, th- these things happen. So I can't really fault them. All I can expect is them to stay motivated and stay productive. And uh, But the quota thing isn't really a thing in gameplay. It's um, You're measured instead by your ability to complete like you know features and and get it done and the designers aren't complaining because it takes too long and you know what i mean like it's 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 can you can you gel with the team and can you work at the pace of the team is basically the ask so it's a little bit more nebulous i can't really give you specifics because they just don't really exist
2: yeah i would say it's a little bit the, the same thing in my experience in uh vfx when i work in vfx i don't remember that there was specific quota <laughs> there was just like target let's try to get this yeah. shot approved within uh, two weeks, but based on the level of difficulty, and VFX is notorious that you literally have eight people above you to to please, and oh, yeah. each one is feels obligated to provide their own feedback. So you could very easily be at version one hundred thirty eight. That looks a lot like version twelve, but you know you needed to go through all of those uh, um, iteration. As an animated feature, usually it's pretty standard like three maybe four reviews and 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 that's it so they're able to calculate the uh because you basically usually have hmm. two maybe three maybe your lead the admission director and the director uh and if they're on the same page all their feedback is going to go in the same direction as in vfx sometime it can go right left back in the oh, middle yeah. back to the left so that, let's try this again oh no let's do this new idea oh yeah it's pretty close to what we did in the first place <laughs> okay let, let's try it again just to
1: mm-hmm.
2: so it's harder to to um, have probably caught
1: there. yeah and different productions are so different too right like it depends on the client relationship with the studio sometimes you have clients that are just really hands-on and they're very picky and they're gonna you know have changed their mind a lot and maybe the studio doesn't have really good methods uh maybe the contract they sign with the actual um with the actual <coughs> like client isn't mm-hmm. sort of bulletproof and, and, and provides a certain amount of revisions sort of included in the contract but anything else other than that it ends up being extras that they have to pay for I find a lot of companies don't want to put clauses like that in the contract because they think they're going to scare off the uh, the clients and they may scare off the wrong clients, but like, I digress. This is, you know, there's a lot of interesting business and politics in these industries. And uh, I honestly think that, um, you know, I mean, a good example is like watching a lot of these amazing VFX companies get just drilled into the ground because the production companies are paying them peanuts and like quite literally just, squeezing blood out of that stone until they just finally collapse right and i mean yeah you can argue that the production company is guilty for not paying them more but you could also argue that these these studios should just be like no no Mm -hmm no and and because if everyone says no then then the studios that the production companies would have to like smarten up or send it overseas and good luck with that because obviously overseas it had come with other complications so like it's you know it's it's a complicated thing and people think that unions would solve these problems and other you know it, it's 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 not easy if it was easy it would have been solved a long time ago but uh you know the, welcome to uh the the interesting socio dynamics of of like commerce and art and the the, the un a very very un un um What's the word? Um, um, The not so sturdy relationship that it creates. Okay, let's uh, jump on to one of Veronica's questions. She's always a good one for questions. Let's see what she's got today. Question, if you are a student and you've been told you're ready to move on to something more challenging, how do you escalate the level of challenge you take on with next shots so you'll learn from it but not pick something so outrageously challenging that, wait for it, hold on I have to oh, I can't read it because that's highlighted uh that you explode <laughs> that's kind of annoying <laughs> two more words come on come on restream you could give us two more words geez
2: so how to pick a a good challenge for where you're at uh, a non-destructing
1: a non-self-destructing yeah, that challenge
2: is not going to make you explode that's a good question mm. I don't know if I have a formula for Uh, uh, for this one. Um, Yeah, I I would say it definitely depends where you're uh, at. But let's take an example that you did a Mm. performance piece, and you're being asked to crank up a little bit the uh, difficulty level. And I'm assuming that, you know, it's the, uh, there's a good part of it that's going to be the technical challenge uh, of it. So let's say you, so let's go with something as simple. You did some actions. You have a character that is doing a sports. So there's no dialogue, there's no uh, real performance acting. It's more a physical performance. Uh, Well, maybe the next one would be a dance with two characters. That's pretty challenging because now you have two characters that have to, move with each other and you have a lot of contact to to, to deal with um, is it going to be too much I don't know it, it, it's it's the struggle is because until you do it it's kind of hard <laughs> to, to, to know are you're going to explode or you're going yeah. to find it uh, I, I would I would probably try pu- push yourself right to the fence of where you think it might be too much but go there but again just Keep it short. Uh, if it's a you go from one character to two character, and it's going to be a six second clip, and if you realize that you're about to explode, it's still just a six second clip with two characters. It's not a Bollywood with twenty characters for thirty seconds wh- that you're just going to you know st- struggle on for the next uh, six months. So yeah, pick a challenge that you think is going to bring you to the brink of self explosion. But keep it short. So if it's the case, at least you're not going to spend two months on it. It's literally a one or two week uh, assignment that you gave to to yourself.
1: Yeah, I think it's all about targeting. I mean, for me, when I think of something that like, because animation... Like it depends on what we're talking about here, challenge-wise. But I think most of the challenges that I I see as challenges when it comes to animation is technical challenges. Things that are difficult to do, like two characters interacting, like David said. That's not necessarily more difficult conceptually. It's more difficult technically. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of these things that are scary can often be um, identified, and, and it, it could be experimented with without building it into an assignment. You know what I mean? You don't need to, for instance, like, oh, I think that I want to start working on, you know, two two characters. You know, I've never really done that. I'm too scared of it. This idea of two characters wrestling, you know, I'm just, uh, uh, I don't even know where to even start. Okay. Well then learn the technical bits of this. What are the, what are the, what are the, what are the tricks that you can use? What are our animators using, you know, start investigating like AnimBot and a bunch of like these crazy sort of, um, uh, sort of script suites that come with a lot of tools that allow you to make these kind of things a little easier mm-hmm. for yourself and then don't try to do that 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 wrestling move right away instead just do small tests so you understand it you 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 yeah. can wrap your head around it and then you know maybe that that's just one example of the things that you would need to figure out you know what i mean like i like identifying what are the challenges and then experimenting a little bit in a little vacuum. And then once I feel like I have a pretty good idea as to how to to tackle it, then yeah, then go and try to take a a stab at it. But don't make this three hour opus. Try to like make a short little clip of two people that maybe just one wrestling move, you know, just having them do it or two people dancing the salsa or something like this. Something that you can, not a whole salsa dance, but just like a small segment of it.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest uh, trap is to just skip skip ahead uh, yeah. a few steps. Coming back to what we discussed, I think it was last week that you know when we mentioned, um, you know, like the the five different level of uh, animation. Start with this and then do that and that. Mm. If you if you've just animated body animation, you've never touched facial. Yeah. Don't don't go and animate a full performance with yeah. facial animation in close up. No, exactly. just... Do a little lip sync exercise and then just do the eyes looking around exercise and then do the changing expression from sad to angry to fear to uh, exercise to practice how you're going to animate the transition in between one shape Mm -hmm. to another. So it's not just pose to pose, but you actually know that, okay, well, the eyes are going to start and then the lids and then the brows and then eventually the uh, the, the, uh, the 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 just so you know what is the succession of of motion to create something that is organic. And once you've done yeah. all those little bite-size assignments, then go and combine all of them to, together into a uh, into a, 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 a cohesive um, exactly. performance. So it's just, yeah, g- keep just go to the next step, keep it keep it small. Yeah. um and 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 progress in the right direction without skipping Patience Yeah. Is, and and is isolate, advice
1: isolate those problems. Don't overcomplicate it by putting that on top of all these other things. Like David said, like like we, we this came up on on Sunday. Um as most of you know, we do these live um live um stream reviews that are free. You have to sort of apply for them um if scott i think scott's still kicking around if scott can maybe throw the form up if you want to sign up that would be amazing um you just have to sign up put your name your email and submit your actual work and we pick randomly every week we pick three of them and uh, we review them on sunday night we were looking at one uh three of them uh, just this past sunday and one thing i noticed that was common with all three of them um la- the, the previous week there were nothing there were all action shots and then this week there were all acting shots so it was kind of funny that they're clustering up like that there's the, the good old scott on the quick draw McGraw over there. So yeah, there's the the form. If you're interested in having your work reviewed for free, then please do sign that up. Um, So what we noticed, or what I noticed, was all three of them suffered from, um, 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 well, not suffered from, but they all could use a little bit more work on eye direction. So the face in itself is extremely complex. It's like its own character. It's its own little ecosystem with so many things going on. And uh, it's funny that it's just one feature when you think about it and a performance, but it's a feature that's so deep that on a close up shot there, you could you could easily spend weeks just on just the face. And um, so I think that and then even that can be divvied up into different things like lip sync itself is a thing. You need a master lip sync and lip sync is is about understanding phonemes, but also, you know, you know, TV lip sync is all about phonemes feature lip sync is all about making custom shapes that, that are making the sound that you hear, which is different than just kind of just, te- you know, doing using a formula and just sort of like plowing through it. And so basically you need to like, you know, understand, you know, just th- that whole thing, that whole, how do you wrap your around that, you know, lip sync and then eyes, like all the, th- the things that like blinks, just the, just the topic of blinks could take you weeks of study. I always say, take a page out of Leonardo da Vinci's books I um, mean, quite literally, if you take a look at his sketchbooks, he was everything he did wasn't just this big masterpiece. He has so many amazing sketches in his sketchbooks of him trying to understand what it is that he was actually going to be doing. Like he wanted to understand anatomy and he wanted to understand all these things, a you know, study of the eye. These are things that you should do the same. You don't need everything you produce doesn't need to go on a demo reel. Sometimes it's just a thing for you to learn. And I think that's a good way to kind of approach it until you're ready. That you feel like you can actually build a thing with all those things you've learned, and then you put some nice piece out there and put it on your demo reel. Um, you got a favorite in chat that you want to bring up?
2: I was looking at what we have here. What about the the one from Gaming Cart Eleven?
1: Okay,
2: it's been uh, posted a little while back. So. Gaming Cart
1: Eleven. Yeah. Which one? Do you want to give me a little hint? Because oh, this this one right here, the workflow. This one. Yes. Okay. Do you have any methods slash workflows for planning and adding subtext into animation?
2: So maybe we should clarify what subtext mm. is in uh, uh, animation. That, that would be a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there's basically the dialogue is what is being told. And what's going on in the head is actually the subtext that that is driving the performance. Um if you have a character, uh, you know whatever lines he uh, would say. So you know, you did good here, son. For instance, uh, maybe the subtext is actually I am proud of you. So you know whatever is going to to uh, to say underneath it, what is the the mm-hmm. emotion that the parents would be uh, feeling is uh, is pride, and. Sometimes some characters would say completely whether the dialogue and the subtext are going to be completely different. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's just a, a, a subtle difference, but usually the dialogue is, you know, uh, whatever exposition you want to bring in the scene. And the subtext is actually actually going to be driving the performance. And what is the emotion that's going to carry this uh, the, this information? Um, I would say at first animators often animate on the literal dialogue. (laughs) Like, for I mean, what would be a cliche? Oh, look over there. I'm actually going to point because I'm talking about this thing. So I physically point over there instead of, oh, look over there. And then you cross your arm. Why? Because, well, actually you said, oh, look over there in a very, uh, you know, not approving demeanor because some something is happening there that they clearly are not happy with so they are going to have this defensive so what is going on there is what they're saying and i do not agree with this is actually the subtext that goes under underneath this uh performance um what is is there any method of work for, for me was if you're using reference it's going to be in your reference so you're not going to think about what is the subtext as you are animating you're going to think about what is the subtext as i'm shooting a reference for this uh, uh shot and often i would literally change the the line i would p- pick a line that is roughly the same length that has the same rhythm but that would literally be the subtext, no matter what is the dialogue. I, I didn't care about the the, the the dialogue. So just to this example, oh, look over there. Oh, I disapprove this. Um, I would literally say out loud the uh, subtext, which would inform how I would try to um, use my body to visually represent the, the subtext and then put the, the dialogue over over it that's kind of my that that was how I was trying to think about it to come up with something that is genuine to the subtext the real emotion of the performance rather than the words that are being spoken
1: you know this is the there's so much to be said about this because it's obviously a pretty big topic. And if this was easy, then doing acting shots would be really easy. (laughs) But I do believe that this is one of the things that people are struggling with, with when it comes to this, David's totally on the nose here with regards to uh, the difference between a very, very, you know, experienced animator doing like feature work, then does a lot of acting shots. um, And someone who's a bit more of a rookie is the rookie is going to literally animate the line and the experienced one is going to, they're going to animate the scene. You know and the scene is much more complicated there's many layers there like an onion and you know you, you there's many ways that you can actually understand that and i mean just another thing and i i i i should probably give myself a a little gold medal every time i, I bring this up but specificity is something that andrew gordon talks a lot about and you'll hear um you know if you you're you'll hear, um, um jacob will use this term a lot too cuz he's totally on board And it's true specificity is what makes a shot interesting and specificity is created through understanding things like subtext because it's not i the example i always use is someone sitting at a at a, at a at a bus stop waiting for a bus that's the scene right but the subtext could be many things it could be is that person waiting for a bus because they're going to a funeral are they going to the bus because they're waiting to go on a date with somebody that they really been wanting to go on a date for with a really long time is it someone going to their first day on a job like what is the specificity of that and suddenly the person waiting for the bus brings on a whole other dimension. That's got, that's interesting for people to watch. People are watching for the subtext to be completely honest with you. That's what makes it interesting. And the humans are complicated people. Like there's so much deception in everyday life um, like we don't always we very rarely say what we really think if you think about it right like we live in a world of white lies we live in a, in a world that's trying really hard not to hurt the people that we love um and yet it happens anyways not you know not necessarily sometimes on purpose sometimes sometimes not at all on purpose but basically all these things, it's like understanding the human condition. so to get good at this, in my opinion is you you it's you can't just get good at this overnight. I think it is it requires a very um analytical mind and you need to learn a lot about just people. There's a bit of psychology in there that you can learn a lot from acting, but it's also you can just learn a lot from just trying to be an open book yourself and try to like, you know, be self-reflecting and sort of you know, think about these these kind of things, the things that I'm saying, and, and try to connect with them. Because if you can't connect with them, um, then you're gonna have a hard time animating. That's for sure, and it, especially in a convincing way. Like, what's it like? What is? How does? What does a scene look like when someone's actually? you know, saying one thing, but actually totally meaning another thing. It like, what, like, how do you do that and make it so that the audience totally feels that, you know what I mean? Like the, not, and not feel it so that it's obvious and kind of weird, but like feel it, you know, in a meaningful way that touches the audience um, and um, it makes them remember the scene. Not easy to do. Like I, you could even like, so for instance, if you're on the job and you're trying to get better at this, I would say absolutely make sure you read the whole script. If you're not doing that, then you're already kind of sinking yourself because you need to understand these character. You need to understand their motivations. You need to understand them the way you understand yourself and your brothers and your sisters. Like you need to understand these characters so that you're making good choices and you understand why they're saying the things that they're saying that's Mm -hmm. the one first thing you can do. Secondly, you could, there's lots of things you can read and and learn. Like Desmond Morris is one of my favorites on this and there's many like him. Desmond Morris is um, someone who's written a lot of books and he's made a lot of um, uh, broadcasts. He used to do this thing called the human animal. And, um, and it's a lot of studies on human behavior. You know, like, I love this one that he did was just a, a study on gestures that we have and how they differ between cultures, how like, like, literally the nod of uh, the North American nod clearly means a yes, but like, actually, when you go to some parts of the world, and I think it's India is one of these places where this Right here, if I nod, if I if I wobble my head like this, to them that means absolutely yes. But to us, that would probably mean like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> like you're a little bit on the fence. I find these things fascinating, and I think you should too, and you should study them because there's a reason why we do them. They ca- came from generations of nonverbal communication, and I think these things could be quivers in your little um, arrows in your quiver that you can actually use as as to how to break down a scene and understand the subtext because it's not going to be written in the in in the um, it's typically not written in the the foot the footnotes of the script. If you're lucky enough to actually spend some time with the writers, maybe you can actually they can break down mm-hmm. scenes a bit for you and you can get a little bit of that. Usually the director is the one who's probably trying to provide a little bit of the subtext so you understand the way he or she does, but like, you know, sometimes you have to do it on your own. Yeah. Big topic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that that's a great point about in, in production. If you have the opportunity during production to Talk to the director when you have your uh, your kickoff, or the animation director, or even just your your lead. Just make sure to understand what is the motivation behind yeah. the performance that you have to animate. Yeah. Having this knowledge can make the all of the difference uh, between struggling on the shot and end up having a you know approval because we need to move on rather than being right on from from the start in terms yeah. of what this little shot this little piece of puzzle is doing in the grand scheme of thing for the uh the disc at the Uh, the arc of this character and the story in general.
1: Yeah, if you don't know, if you're on a job and you don't know, then the good news, good good thing is there's someone whose job it is to know, which is usually the director. They'll probably be tickled pink that you go and ask them. I mean, honestly, the, the directors I know, they love getting into this. That's why they're directors. They love this stuff. Writers are the same, right? The writers are probably going to know just as much as the director because they're the ones writing the words. They would have needed the subtext as well, otherwise they don't know how to write the words. So basically, there's going to be people on your team that probably know and there's probably they probably would love to to talk about it some mm-hmm. some productions even have clinics where they they actually put you know almost like dailies where they get together and discuss the script especially in pre-production and i think that's a really good practice because it gives animators a chance to get into the characters understand the characters better because they're going to be they, they're going to be in a position at some point to be able to think for the characters and be able to physicalize all of that subtext that um, won't necessarily be you know provided right there in the script like like we talked about mm-hmm. it's a good question that's like one of those holy grails. Like, how do you, <laughs> you know, how do you make light? Um, <laughs> I, where do you, where do you begin on that question? Um, it is ten three, so we are out of time. Um, as usual, time flies when you're having fun. Do you want to do one more before we go? Or
2: we, we always do one more. I know, I know, I know that that's kind of a we're we're a creature of habits. I know. We realize that we pass the time, and then we're like we feel guilty. So like, oh, all right, man. just just one more.
1: I haven't been looking. I I was scrolled way back, and there's a bunch of new stuff in here. Is there something that you noticed in here that we should? Uh... Oh, I, I saw your eyes scanning a little bit there. I don't know if you can uh, I
2: scanned, but I didn't. No. Find anything. Okay. Well, then uh, unless I'm... we go back to the backlog and we yeah, let's
1: do that. Why not? I mean, I think Scott will be happy that we're actually kind of conquering conquering this. This ever-growing backlog. This mountain
2: of questions.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, and the cool thing is, is he highlights usually about you like three of them usually, and this will be the third one. So we will have done our job as far as Scott is concerned, hopefully.
2: This should be our new target. Three from the backlog and three from from chat. I think that's
1: good. I think that's good. All right, so this one, let me just make sure I get it set up here.
2: Bring it. Let's finish with a a little simple question, hopefully. All right,
1: Uh, that's going to happen. Be reading it to see to maybe pre- a yes
2: or no answer pre- determine your
1: your reaction. Oh, geez, yeah, you're gonna not not a yes or no. Not a yes sorry, sort of no. sort of break your day there. But um, what was the motivation, the per- perseverance that kept you going <laughs> yeah. after your dream? <laughs> this is an easy one, right? This should be to take a couple seconds.
2: Yeah, definitely not a yeah. yes or no.
1: What is the meaning of life?
2: Yes. Uh, what was the motivation and perseverance of going after your dream? Well, this is kind of assuming that we went after a dream,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, that's a dangerous question. You're making a lot of assumptions there, Mr. Poe and Rodrigo.
2: Um, okay, Let, let's assume that our dream was to make it in the industry and work on fulfilling project and be surrounded by, you know... Uh, great people that we became friends friends with uh, over the years. So what was the motivation? Um, I mean, for me, just the motivation to go into uh, CG animation, it was the I think it was a mix of at the end of the 90s, 3D animation felt like the unknown. It felt, I mean, you needed special computer with <laughs> yeah, software true. that you couldn't buy. With, Not like it know, was.
1: yes yeah, different than need, it is now, for sure. You
2: needed to, it, it was on, on Unix, so you needed to learn to code a little bit just to yeah. be able to prompt the software and, and <laughs> log on those other computers mm. so you could send comments. So they would render for hours frames of your animation. So there was a lot of it felt like a perfect crossroad between art and technology in a very weird, obscure, and uh, interesting way. So I think part of the motivation just to get in the industry in in the first place it was just the fear of not trying to. Mm. And <laughs> what what is this weird thing that not that a dream?
1: Is? Just a fear of failing at something. The the fear of missing
2: something. That, oh. that was probably one of the biggest you, maybe fear you of missing out.
1: That's <laughs> it. You were one of the first FOMOs. That's the thing.
2: Yeah, that's you're not because, the right
1: generation for that. Come on.
2: Because back in the days, the, the smart thing to do would be to work on Cedarum website or graphic mm-hmm. design. That that was the safe. You would have a good job, well paid. Three D animation was this weird <laughs> thing. There was like two yeah. animated feature that was done yeah. in some VFX movies, or yeah, and it's true. So yeah, the fear of missing out <laughs> is a good part of the uh, mo- mo- motivation, at least to 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 get started, mm-hmm. uh, for sure.
1: Um, for me, um, I'll be honest with you. I think dreams are overrated. Um, and I think it's funny that I say this because it's probably one of the reasons why I lack focus when it comes to knowing <laughs> what to do. I'm, w- I'm willing to admit that. I mean, my buddy, my buddy, my other that friend of mine who's got that problem. Um, but w- let me let me clarify what I'm trying to say here. The idea of dreams are overrated because I feel like it's like it's like, it almost makes people feel like that's what you're supposed to have is a dream. You go after that dream. You know what I go after? I go after, I go after things that are interesting to me. And I, I try things and I know that trying things and being around people that are like-minded, that are collaborative and exciting and creative in their own right. I know that that will lead to something else, which will lead to something else. And I just follow, not, I mean, not my dreams per se, but I follow my heart. I know that seems a little cheese, but it's actually what I'm doing all the time. And that unfortunately, my heart has many loves, which is what has me preoccupied with so many different habits. But I think that that's not, a, that's not a bad thing. I think you should be curious. I mean, you're on this planet, you know, depending on who you are and what your belief system is, you're only here once. You get one shot at it, maybe. And so the way I see it is like, try to experience life and and go after the things that are interesting to you. Like So like David, I mean, I was that kid in high school who drew a lot. And in in pre, like I mean, you take a look at my notebooks from back in those grade days. It's like, did I do anything other than just draw? Like I've just all these doodles of robots with like missiles shooting out of it. Like I was always, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring some of these on stream one day because I found like a treasure trove the other day of a bunch of my work from when I was in grade school. It'll be fun. But basically, I knew that I was probably supposed to continue doing that because I enjoyed it, right? And so that's what I did. But if I didn't go into animation at first, I got into illustration. But then. As I was illustrating in, in the illustration program at Sheridan College, I was looking at these these people running around with these weird pieces of paper with like strange punched holes in them. And I'm like, what is that? And I knew about animation at the time. I heard how it was very difficult to get into. I didn't know enough about it. And my guidance counselor told me that it would probably be smarter to get in illustration because there'd probably be more jobs. You know, it's sort of like what David was kind of indicating. It was, it was not what like it is now. It's not like an established industry with lots of jobs. It was a bit more of a, it's like, it would be like getting into acting. That's what, it, that's what it felt like. It would be like mm-hmm. you, you try, but like, I mean, you might be out on the street homeless by, you know, because you can't make it. So, but it was just too interesting. So maybe there's a little bit of FOMO in there too. Like I was looking at that going, man, that looks like fun. And I just followed my heart. If I think it looks fun, I'm going to get involved. And that's just what I did. And yeah. I just kind of been doing that ever since It's because it's interesting still to me. And I mean, I think that there are, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm, there's many areas to learn as you get in there. First it was animation. Then it was like, then it was like, Oh, now computer animation looks like a thing. I should probably do that because I'm interested in computers. I'm interested in games. I'm interested in things that I could do. If I did that, I, I just, just went down that road. So I believe you fall your heart and you make sure you're doing things actively that you are going to enjoy that you're interested in. You just can't go wrong. I really don't think you can because yeah. that love and that, that, that genuine enthusiasm will translate into, you know, creative success in some way.
2: Yeah, that, that's a super important part of it. And, 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 you know, if you follow those interests and because there is something that you're naturally interested into, there's something that you're naturally good into. That, that's one of the trap of trying to study or find work that's going to give you a lot of money or that's going yeah, to give you exactly. job security. Or that's going to give you all of those advantage. That you're you're going into a direction for the wrong reason. Totally. You would much rather go in a direction that is that feels natural to you, which is going to help to become one of the top uh, at this. And in, in in most industry, if you're one of the best around, you're going to be well, you know, compensated, totally. and all the rest is going to follow. So th- that's kind of the. A, a trap to uh, avoid. So it's way easier to be motivated if you're doing something that you like. As being said, you're not going to be motivated every day. So this no. is where discipline is going to... Yeah. It's almost like you can see motivation and then there's a big gap in between those uh, motivation time. Mm. And it means that once you're motivated, you don't need to any, any resilience, any perseverance. You just go with the flow. Whoa. But then eventually this... Motivation is going to be depleted, and you'll need to continue to walk. and And you know that in a few days or in a few hours, or motivation is going to come back. You just need you cannot stop when motivation is stopping because you're not going to get to the next batch of motivation and next batch of motivation and uh, uh, and so on. So, yeah, don't think some doing something that you naturally like or you're naturally talented for that's going to bring more motivation naturally and just grind forward in between those patches of motivation, which is going to allow you to do the uh, the long distance uh, for sure.
1: Absolutely. You you show me a doctor that got into the industry because they were they wanted to be they you know, they wanted to have lots lots of money and I'll 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 show you a really shitty doctor probably It's usually what it comes down <laughs> to I mean you know what I mean like yeah. you just it, money should never be and there's there's other motivations outside of money it could be fame it could be other things that are kind of hollow and they they're not like I mean I think I don't know how many rich people that have like have come out and sort of try to tell the cautionary tale of like listen it is it is it is this. <laughs> It doesn't end you if you if something like money and fame is something you're after, then you're always going to be chasing that and no amount of money is ever going to satisfy no amount of fame is ever going to satisfy and it's just going to burn you right out. Um, Where if you are if you are, you know, chasing after something that just truly something something that you just like to do, you could say, well, I really like money. But I mean, that's, that's, that's silly, because you don't really like money, you probably like buying things. It's it's the idea is is try to do something that 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 satisfies you creatively and something that 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 makes you feel good not something you yearn but something that actually gives back as much as you put in that's a good relationship just like any relationship in life you got to find that and go after those kind of situations the cool thing about this is when you put yourself out there like this that you'll it, you will hopefully find other people that are like you and that's the best thing about this these kind of industries is that you will make really good friends with people that are absolutely genuinely chasing after that same I'm not going to call it a dream just chasing after their own their own cravings, their own natural cravings of of, of something that they 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 really are interested in. Yeah. And that's when things get electric, you know, like because there's going to be amazing things when you put enough of those types of people in the same room together, what they can accomplish is yeah. always going to be quite quite fascinating.
2: Find, find your trigger of what is helping you to be motivated. It can be looking at inspiring, you know, uh, material or piece of art of other people, yeah. but we often say that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with Uh, (laughs) if you surround yourself with unmotivated uncreative people that you know always see the glass half empty yeah good luck to count on them to help you to be motivated so your your social surrounding has obviously a big impact on uh, motivation uh maybe another source of motivation is you know um Declaring out in the open, I'm absolutely going to do this by this date. <laughs> a little bit like we did with Agora Community, yeah, and at somewhere like, like all right, in September we're launch- launching a website, and they're like, oh shit, we have like four months to-, oh, yeah. <laughs> to
1: do all this. I looked at that DEFCON clock a few, like quite a few times a day, and I'm just thinking, like I like, why did we agree on like why September? That's just yeah. But if we didn't do that, we wouldn't be here right now. That's for sure.
2: Well, c- create yourself a peer pressure. Uh, situation (laughs) that you you've committed to something and they're like well now i have to do it (laughs) totally totally
1: because yeah because that's the interesting thing that's that that's the bridge you're talking about right like you a lot of a lot of us are really like the idea and we're interested in something but sometimes we have a hard time getting going because we're procrastinators and i talked a lot about this one day like procrastination is often a symptom of just fear of effing it up, you know, and like not knowing, not just, just not, you know, like you're just worried and you're trying to overcomplicate and you're trying to perfect the plan before you pull the trigger. I think that we've seen a bunch of people on our stream, our conversation with, and there's a, there's a similar theme that comes out of a lot of them when we're like, Hey, why do you do this? Why do you like, Hey, you know, GD, why do you always, where do you find the time? Hey, you know, um, um, you know, surveyed, like there's so many of them, right. That we, they always come back with at least one example of something that fits tidally into this category. It is mm-hmm. like, there's a part of the reason why they do it. Is it cause it's, it's like a self motivator. You know, they often stream about things that they love and stream about things they want to get better at. And it, it kind of keeps them honest because it's going to motivate them to do it because it's kind of peer pressure. Now you've literally put yourself into a peer pressure scenario because yep. you told the world, you're going to go do this thing. You better damn well do it. You know? Yeah. So maybe starting a YouTube um, channel, like, who cares? Like, who cares? You only get like ten subscribers. It might just be enough to get you to do it. You know, who knows? The,
2: the fear of not delivering is pretty powerful. Uh, as yeah. we say, fear has a lot of firepower. So it put it put it behind you, not in not in front of you.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. What's got fire in behind you? afterburners baby just go for it i don't know why i even said that but i don't know but it's, that's a perfect the, way to end it, this, it was, this, it the, this it's, it's better to burn out than to fade away <laughs> all right well on that note thank you david on this wonderful q a series uh we'll see you on the next one actually we'll see you is it tomorrow
2: i think it's tomorrow is it Sir tomorrow? Wade?
1: it's either tomorrow or thursday i just i someone knows now, you, just we, now we you're now you're you're yourself, down yourself. It is tomorrow. It is. I thought it was too. Okay, good. So we'll see each other tomorrow, Sir Wade. Um, it's in the afternoon, I believe, and 1:30 uh, EST, I think. That sounds about right. Yep. So um, if you're not sure, because I'm, I'm definitely not, check our live page, agora.community/live. The schedule is always there. You can also subscribe to our Google Calendar if you want to be extra up to date with all the things. Um, because sometimes those things move around and they usually move around there first because we have to confirm where they're guests. So those things are pretty cool. Uh, So that that calendar is a pretty cool tool if you really want to know. If you're like the crab nuts and want to be the first one in all all the chat rooms, I bet you got to have the Google calendar. All right. So thank you, David. I'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. Have have a good evening. Cheers. Take care. So the one thing I wanted to say, oh, let's get rid of this. The one thing I did want to say is just a quick reminder on um I brought it up already, but there is uh, the form. If you scroll up, I'll give you another chance to go up there before I kill the stream. Um uh, if you do, if you are interested in having your work reviewed, if you've been kind of on the fence for a while and you're like, ah, you know, I really kind of want to get myself reviewed, but I'm kind of nervous. Well, there's one way to tear that band-aid right off and just get reviewed live in front of everybody else. And I'm and I I say that with all honesty, it's, it's the kind of thing that you, you just got to get used to doing. You, eventually, believe it or not, you'll start to crave it. This idea of just putting it out there because if more people are looking at it, there's a good chance that more people might come up with some really cool tips and feedback for you and you start to crave. Uh, did my mic cut out there? It kind of sounded like it did. Um, you're gonna start craving that kind of level of feedback. The other thing I wanted to remind you of is Scott and I are starting to do this thing, This uh, we're changing the update. I used to do these Agora update videos. They used to just only be sitting on the site we want to do them live now. So we did the first one last week and we kind of want to turn them into a conversation where we just talk a little bit about, it's almost like a town hall. We talk a little bit about some things that have been going on lately, things that are happening right now in the Agora community, as well as things that are kind of coming up. So um, it's sort of like a, um, a past, present and a future um, conversation about Agora community. And so that's kind of, a, we, we, we thought it would be cool to, to do it live because then people have questions they could we can ask them or answer them right then and there. The idea is that we'll put um, a condensed version of that um, on um, on the on the library as well as on social. So if you missed the the live stream about all the new updates, then you can always get the kind of the the quick and condensed version um, at your viewing pleasure um, on one of the many places that you can see it. Um, so that's happening. And in the last update, I finally finally um, we we announced the. Um, the the competition for the Anam uh, Anam Bingo um, logos. So basically, the Anam Bingo is something we did right after the the twenty the the. um <laughs> you want the air horns? Okay, here you go. This is for Veronica. I like that one better. The other one's a little bit on the obnoxious side. So this one, seemed it seemed like it it needed the epic the epic horn. Basically, I we finally announced the the logo competition for the anim um, the anim challenge the ultimate anim. So for those who don't know, back in February we had this twenty four hour ultimate animation challenge, and it was. Pretty crazy because a lot of people um, joined in. They had 24 hours to animate something based on three keywords. And we live streamed the entire time and had guests on the show from all over the world because of different time zones. It worked out pretty well and people really liked it. And we really had a lot of fun doing it. And it's really was kind of, you know, in many ways, what was the seed idea for these kind of streams? Because we started realizing, wow, like doing things live is way more interesting because we can connect with our community a lot better and make it a little bit more of a relationship rather than just pushing information all the time. Now it's a bit more interactive. Um, so we started after the challenge, we, we, I, 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 put, I, put, I put a team together, myself and Jacob, um, the the Pratt brothers and uh, Sir Wade and J.D. Haas. And we uh, broke it up into um, different nights where we sat down and reviewed every single entry that was submitted because there was winners of every category, but we didn't think it was cool that only the winners got some sort of praise or feedback. We wanted everyone to kind of benefit for their work. And so we had, we took took a look at all of them and gave feedback on every single one of them. And we came up with this crazy idea called anim bingo. When keywords were used during the actual, the actual review, um, our animation God, otherwise known as Veronica she was listening and kind of made an official call on which on that review what were what was the term or terms that were sort of we were going to go with and these terms were like B12 or I13 or i guess it wouldn't be I13 cuz they always I30 i don't know what the actual increments are number wise with a bingo card but you get the basic idea they would be um called out and then people had these generated bingo cards and they could mark it off and they, they could win. And if you are crab nuts, you won pretty much every single time he played, which I don't know how I still don't know how he rigged the system to do it, but um, you know, I'm impressed nonetheless. So there were some prizes, and the prizes were stickers and um and and t-shirts, and um we 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 haven't sent out those t-shirts because all for all along I was planning on Uh, putting a competition together where people could actually design the actual logo. I thought that would be kind of fun if the community designed it and it kept getting pushed off and pushed off because I was too worried about the trophy and the trophy is a whole other story, uh, which I'll have an update for. I know I keep saying i have an update soon for it, but I actually really will. Um, The truth is I'm, it's on me now. It was on, we were, it was very difficult to print and now, now I have the printed parts, but now I need to laser cut a bunch of parts. Speaking of lots of hobbies. I need to, um, but my, my printer was, there was something wrong with the, um, the calibration. So I've been spending weeks of my free time trying to tear it all down and build it back up again. And I think it's ready to go. And so I'd have to cut a bunch of parts and then it has to get sent off to get painted. Anyways, I digress. The contest is now live. I would like it if anybody is interested in designing the logo for the t-shirt, um, that would be great. If you have an idea and submit it, I have a form link for you. The winner We'll get definitely a sticker and, oh, thanks. Looks like, is that, is that what that is? It is, Scott. Man, off my own heart. I know he's super fast. Like I was seriously, like I would not, if I saw him in an alley and it was like, it was like time to draw, it was like high noon. I just would, I just, nope. I just walk away, forget about it. So basically click on that form. Um, you don't obviously need to do it. You probably don't have a design ready now, but if you have an idea milling around, it's have to be amazing. It just has to be something fun. You get bonus points if you can incorporate one, um, one or more of the guests. So that would be the Pratt brothers, myself, um, Jacob, um, JD or Sir Wade, um, somehow incorporate that into the design. You get, a, you get some extra points and you should incorporate the actual term in a bingo in some way as well, obviously. Um, now, Why that's cool is because I like to brand this and make it a real thing and come back, have it come back and have it come back in other forms. And I think a lot of people probably missed out on the chance and they probably would have loved to have tried playing in a bingo. So um, this is a sign that it's being rejuvenated and um, we're going to be bringing it back and uh, making some sort of attempt at making it some sort of regular thing on Agora Community. I don't know how regular, but semi-regular. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just a fun way to hang out and talk about animation and look at animation, discuss it, but also maybe have a chance to win something because, you know, because we're, what I think the, the, the coolest part of that idea was, is we were talking about like terms it's, it's helping us build a vernacular, um, a set of vocabulary that we can use to describe what we're seeing. Um, which is an important kind of asset to have as an animator, because sometimes speaking that language makes it a little easier for you to understand feedback. It helps, it makes it easier to maybe even like get feedback. But um, it was just fun. It was just fun. We were just hanging out. There was always the same regulars in there and we were goofing around. It was it was a really good time. So yeah, please do. If you have a cool idea, please uh, fill out the form and, uh, and head it over to us. We we will have it open for probably the next couple of weeks in order to give people time to, to so submit something. And uh, when we do have a, a number of them to submit, and it's time to close things off, we'll give people some warning in case you're working on something and you need a little bit of pressure to submit it, then you'll be able to do that uh, before kind of um, uh, shutting the doors. And then we're going to take it back to the community to vote on the, uh, the best one. I just hope there's enough in there um, that we, uh, we can actually have a really cool voting session on designs. So, I employ you, I, I employer, I employ, no, I implore you, if you have um, uh, enjoyed it in the past or think it's a cool idea, then please do. Oh, look at that. Scott already put the pressure on 2nd of August. That's what you got. It doesn't even have to be a final design. It could just be a sketch, honestly, just something that kind of gives us an idea. Cause we can always, um, if we have a cool idea for a design, um, you know, worst comes to worst, we can always have someone finish it, you know have a graphic designer take a crack at it or you know maybe maybe it'd be fun if if it's it gets stuck on one of us to sort of you know do the design although my anim- my my drawing skills have deteriorated um laughably since i last um drew for a living that might be kind of fun we'll do, I have to do that the same stream that i show some of my old work so it doesn't look so bad my in my my old work i mean like when i was 10. Okay, so that's it. That uh, wraps up all the things I wanted to talk about. Thanks for being here as usual, chat. It's always nice to have you in the middle of the week. And um, I hopefully will see some of you or all of you tomorrow afternoon as we um, have a good conversation with Mr. Sir Wade. All right, then. Have a good one. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time. Stay tuned and stay animated.